0: is Christian questions
1: Sai Baba once said love one another and help others rise to the higher levels simply by pouring out love love is infectious and the greatest healing energy good morning everyone and welcome to Christian questions talk radio with a purpose with Jonathan and Rick This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience and promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different
2: perspective. And Rick, that perspective is
1: based on godly principles.
2: Family values, honest dialogue, all in a politically free zone. Jonathan, the best part is this. We talk and you listen, and then you talk and we listen. You can also contact us at our website,
1: christianquestions.com. I'm Rick. And I'm Jonathan. And we're glad you've chosen to spend some time with us on this fine Sunday morning. And Jonathan, good morning. And what is our topic today?
2: Good morning, Rick. Uh, Our question this morning, can Christians heal disease? And our theme text is found in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell
1: upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. And Jonathan, sickness and disease are a scourge of humanity. Far too often we witness good and decent people uh, contract some serious disease or malady, and we watch as their quality of life goes from bad to worse. Science and medicine have worked wonders in fighting against such things, but the battle still rages on. The Bible, the Bible reveals many examples of healings, miraculous healings that overcome sickness. Are we as Christians privy to that miraculous healing power today? Can we, Can we as Christians, should we as Christians, stand in the path of illness, claiming the name of Jesus as our rightful miracle cure? Uh, This is a big one, Jonathan. Yes, it is. This is a big one because obviously uh, many different Christian denominations have many different perspectives on the idea of faith healing. Uh, Should we be pursuing it or should we not be pursuing it? Right. I don't know what the statistics are one way or the other, but I think that there's quite a uh, a, a variety on both sides of the issue. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure. So, folks, we're going to lay some things out for you. You're going to find out which side of the aisle we stand on very shortly. Uh, so if you do have a call, uh, let us know. Let us know your thoughts at 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866 985 We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. We'd like to hear your thoughts on healing, faith healing.
2: And we want to hear what you have to say about today's topic. Post your comments on our Facebook page and our blog. Go to ChristianQuestions.com.
1: All right. Let's get started, Jonathan, uh, about a little bit of background, a little bit of research here. Where does the idea of faith healing come from? And to actually to get started with that, uh, let's take a, a listen to some um, – uh, well, let's just take a listen. All right. This is This is the context – of a healing meeting, I believe this is this particular meeting is in Africa because the language being spoken I, um, is not one that I'm familiar with. So let, let's listen to this. So, when you hear that, what is it that you're, you're hearing?
2: Well, I was hearing a beat and, and um, just emotion. A lot, a lot of cheering. Oh, right, yeah. Right.
1: So, so, there's, there's, a, there's a, a... It's me- a frenzy. Yeah, that's a good word. There's, there's a massive amount of emotional activity happening in that background, in that environment. And, and that, that's going to get us started because we're going to come back to that kind of thing and talk about it a little bit more as we develop the program. But I wanted to start with that because it's, it, there's an excitement.
0: Yes, there, yes, and you can feel definitely.
1: the hear and feel the anticipation, and you can hear and feel the, the repetition. And even though you're not understanding the words, you know it's that the repetition and the beat mm-hmm. and the music and the and all of this thing. So it's, it there's this like it just it just gets you going. Right. All right. So let's take a look at the um some of the history some of the history of of faith healing. And and so Jonathan, just a little bit of background here.
2: Faith healing was known among the ancient Greeks and Romans. Who believed that Asclepius, the god of medicine, might appear in the dreams of sick people who slept in the temples devoted to his worship, and that the god then cured them as prescribed a regimen or treatment for them to follow? In contrast, the Old Testament has few references to faith healing. In the New Testament Gospels, however, are perhaps the most famous faith healing stories of all time. In the stories of Jesus' miracles of healing, Illness is regarded as the sign of the presence of evil spirits, and Jesus' power to heal is proclaimed as the evidence that God's kingdom has come in his person.
0: Okay,
1: so that's an historical perspective, and um, that's a perspective I think that I don't necessarily completely agree with, but it gives you at least a sense, especially from a Greek and Roman um, perspective, Point of view, and
0: I n-
2: never knew that there was a tie to the that.
1: So, so you you sleep in the temple of this this god of mm-hmm. healing, right. And in your dreams, perhaps this god of healing, because you're showing your faith, is going we'll to give take you, care of you, right? Is going to give you a way to, to remedy your your sickness or your illness or mm-hmm. something. Interesting. So now let's go to the role of faith, and obviously that's where the phrase faith healing comes from, because faith seems to be a part of it. Now, and one of the big questions is: Is faith really a big part of healing? And, uh, well, I'll I'll refrain for now.
2: (laughs) Although the faith of a believer is generally regarded as the channel of cure, Christian theology insists that the actual agent in healing is God's spirit. Thus, faith in the sense of trust and expectancy, rather than in the sense of subscription to orthodox doctrine, is the prerequisite to healing. The association between sin and disease is traditional in Christian theology. See James five fourteen through 16. And in Christian practice, the confession of sin has usually preceded the anointing of the sick, the laying on of hands, and the prayers that constitute the Christian liturgy of healing.
1: And all those two quotes came from the World Almanac Education Group, um, so that just give you a sense of where we got that from. But see, Jonathan, this is interesting because it talks about the role of faith in Christian theology, and I would say that in, in segments of traditional Christian theology, much of this... Uh, is is accurate? Yeah, you're right. However, I would take issue with some of the things mentioned here, uh, and we'll sort of develop that as we go through the program.
2: Yeah, uh, like the idea of well, you must have done something wrong to be sick right now. Right. That that's one of the, that I would question, and. Um, we're all born in sin and shape in iniquity, right?
1: So how does faith healing work? Are we sick because we did something wrong? Do we get healed because we have faith in Jesus? Is there a, a specific is there is there a, a recipe right to follow to go from sickness to health? Is that something that Christians should be doing? Is that something that Christians shouldn't be doing? Is the scripture or are the scriptures telling us to do that or are they telling us something different? So many questions. In so little time. <laughs> yes. Let's. We'd love to hear your thoughts at 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday morning from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now.
2: And stay connected to Rick and I, no matter the day or time. Go to ChristianQuestions.com.
1: All right, let's go to uh, another soundbite, Jonathan. This is comes from a, uh, an HBO program called The Psychology of Faith Healing, and um It's going to, I think, set the context for the way typical healing works, the way most of us are familiar with it uh, today. So let's listen to this.
3: Religions offer us the possibility of short-term victories over disease and death. And in spite of the many advances in modern medical science, millions of people are still turning to religious healers for miracles. Although we could find no evidence of cures at these events, something was happening in the heat of the moment. On and off stage, people were breaking through pain barriers and performing feats they had hitherto thought impossible. Many remained convinced they had been cured, whatever doctors and specialists said to the contrary.
1: A lot of of, uh, elements there, Jonathan. First of all, uh, it it gives you a sense that uh, there's... uh, People breaking through these pain barriers and doing things they weren't able to do before. Right. And so there's an that, insistence that I, that they've been healed. And the commentator said a couple of times, even though there's no evidence, no long-term evidence of healing.
2: Something's going on here.
1: Something's going on. Even right. though doctors may say speak to the contrary, mm-hmm. there's an insistence that something happened. And obviously something did happen because if you're able to do something you couldn't do before... Yeah. You say, okay, what is this? Right, and, and the conclusion for many is, I've been healed. So that's where we're starting. That's the environment that we're working with as we look at faith healing in the 21st century. Let's take a, a few minutes here, Jonathan, at the end of this segment, and take a look at some of the Old Testament... And ask the question, does the Old Testament give us an indication of faith healing? Uh, Is it different than what we just heard? Uh, And is it different than the description, the historical description?
2: Okay. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Who pardons all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases?
1: And you... Take a look at that, and you do definitely see faith involved in that, don't you? Yes. And it talks about pardoning all of your iniquities and then sort of on on piggybacking on that, healing all your diseases. Mm -hmm. And the question we have to ask ourselves is, okay, if this is in the context of the Old Testament, um, you didn't see that happen anywhere, did you? No. This wasn't a, a, uh, um, a wholesale event of the Old Testament. So you look at that and say, well, okay, if it says it, How come it really didn't happen? It's an interesting question that we're going to sort of... And that
2: was in Psalms 103.
1: Right. Now let's go to Exodus chapter 23, verse
2: 25. But you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. And I will remove sickness from your midst.
1: So this is with Exodus. I mean, obviously, Exodus is at the founding of the Jewish nation. Yes. All right. So you have the founding of the Jewish nation. And and God is being very specific Uh, with this, as with so many other things. Mm -hmm. God is specifically saying to them as a physical nation, here, you need to do these things. And I will remove sickness from your midst. I'm going to keep you healthy basically. Mm -hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily saying I'm going to heal every time you get sick, but it's saying I'm removing sickness from your midst. It's a little bit different. Okay. Uh, But again, you have to look at it in context. All in all, there are actually 12 instances of various individual healings in the Old Testament. Just 12. And when you think about it, that's several thousand years and all we have is 12 examples. Wow, that's not many. No, it's not. It's not at all. So, all of them Primarily regard the Jewish nation, uh, and most with the intercession of a prophet. Okay, so that's, okay. that's sort of the, the, the method, if you will, the, the, the recipe for healing. And we actually have that whole list of uh, of scriptures where the healing is uh, shows up in the Old Testament, but we're not going to go over it on the program. Where is it?
2: It's at CQ Rewind at ChristianQuestions.com.
1: So CQ Rewind, the bonus material. Uh, typically, we have this bonus material at the end of CQ Rewind that is available to you um, with material that we just could not cover in the program. It's too much to go over. But they're all listed out there for you.
2: And it's a free service. It's available. It's an email that is sent to you every week after the program. So you can not only listen on the archive, the program,
1: but you can also have the information in front of you to read and follow along. So Seeker Rewind, you can sign up for it. It's a free service. There is no obligation. It's easy to opt out if you decide not to uh, keep the service. Uh, Lots and lots and lots of people have uh, subscribed, and we've gotten nothing but good, good feedback from it. They do a great job they, on it. They do. So, Seeker Rewind, the full edition, sign up at ChristianQuestions.com. So, we're looking at the concept, the thought of healing and faith healing. Is it scriptural? Should we be following it now? This
2: is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan, here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Can Christians Heal Disease? Coming up, who and how did Jesus heal? Was it based on the faith of those he healed, or... Was it just random acts of healing? That's next.
0: You're listening to Christian Questions.
2: Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Can Christians Heal Disease? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 985 forty two fifty five that's eight six six nine eight five four all. We're live Sunday mornings from seven to nine. That means we're on right now and our website Christianquestions.com.:
1: And as we talk about faith healing and how it works and all of the elements that go into faith healing today in the twenty first century, it's important I think to to go back to the origination of Christian healing. Mm -hmm. How did it happen? What was the context? Who was involved? How... What, what, where were they when the healing was done? Mm-hmm. Who was being healed? What
2: was it based
1: on? Who was doing the healing? Yeah. All of those things. So in this segment, Jonathan, we're going to focus on some of the healing. Now, Jesus did a lot of healing, so obviously we can't talk about all of it. Sure. So we just pick out a few examples that, that folks, if you listen carefully, I think they might even be startling when you think about some of the elements that were not present when Jesus healed. Okay, some of the elements that were not present when Jesus healed. Because if we're going to heal, okay, if we say this is a Christian responsibility, shouldn't we be modeling it after Jesus and the apostles? Absolutely. All right. So that's in our next couple of segments, folks. That's what we're going to be focusing on. Let's go to um, that uh, that HBO program, "The Psychology of Faith Healing," one more time here um, uh, this morning. Because remember, in the first soundbite we heard, they said, okay, something's, something's happening in the room. Right, All right. right? Let, let's kind of go a little bit further. A- and here, they, they take a, the example they use is pretty extreme t- to make a point. So just warning you, there's an extreme example here. Go ahead. Something
3: physical, something chemical happens to us when we're in a large crowd. I don't want to draw the comparison too far, but Hitler understood this. Hitler understood that you can say things to a crowd of a 100,000 that are more effective than saying them to a crowd of a 100. The steps of soldiers marching mostly. They're marching in unison. They're doing the same thing at the same time. The entrainment of the drums of the marching steps, of the chant, of the song, of the gesture, the salute. All these elements have the effect of submerging the individual into the group.
1: that That's almost scary when you think about it. It is. Because what that is, is is Hitler was a master at mob mentality. Mm. He was a master at guiding people, essentially, to a very, very evil end. Now, are we suggesting that every faith healer has an evil end in mind? No, no, absolutely not. There are some that do, incidentally. There are some that do things for the money. Okay, Let's just put that on the table. I'm not going to point fingers. I'm not going to name names along those lines. You've got to decide that for yourself. But the idea is the the, the gathering of large groups of people together and you put certain elements in place and that creates a mentality and everybody becomes uh, a follower in that mentality.
2: And Rick, and CQ Rewind, there's more information on that mob mentality.
1: In the scriptures. Yeah. Because the, yeah. it does show up in the, in the scriptures as mm-hmm. well. Yes. It's fascinating to look at that. It's available at ChristianQuestions.com. Sign up now for CQ Rewind, the full edition. It is a free service. Uh, so Jonathan, let's take some time now and go through some of the examples of Jesus healing. And what we want to look at is who was Jesus healing, where was Jesus healing, and how was Jesus
2: healing? Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place, and there was a large crowd of his disciples, and a great throng of people from all Ju- Judea and Jerusalem, and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him, and to be healed of their diseases, and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were being cured, and all the people were trying to touch him, for the power was coming from him and healing them all.
1: So this is interesting Jonathan this is Luke chapter 16 uh, chapter 6 it says there's a large crowd of his disciples and A great throng of people. Mm -hmm. So you have his disciples and all of these other people who had come to hear him and be healed. Right. So who came to hear him and be healed?
2: The masses of people.
1: And his disciples were simply following him.
2: And watching and observing. Right. Sure. So
1: he's healing the masses. Uh, It's not mentioning that he's healing his own followers here. No. And I think that's an important distinction. And the question you have to ask yourself is, okay, is that going to hold true? Because we are essentially saying uh, the healing in this instance was meant not for people who already were following Jesus. So so faith is no issue here with these healings. It doesn't say anything about faith, does it? No. It just says they came Mm -hmm. and he healed them. Now, you can argue that, well, they came because they had faith to be healed. And my retort to that argument, and you can start to tell where we st- stand on this issue, is don't thousands upon thousands of people come with faith to the faith healing uh, sessions in, in our day? Sure, they do. And walk away incredibly and totally disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it is the vast, 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 vast majority of people that walk away completely disappointed. So if you want to say, well, you know, they came with faith, so do people today. What's the difference? Is there a difference, or are we taking something out of context?
2: If you have a thought, give us a call at 866-985-4255. That's 866-985 for all. We're live Sunday mornings from
1: 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And don't forget our website, ChristianQuestions.com. All right, let's go to another example of healing, and this one is, is very startling in its own way. This is Matthew chapter 8. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion
2: came to him, imploring him, and saying, Lord, My servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion said, Lord, I am not worthy. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it shall be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was
1: healed that very moment. So we did skip around a few verses there just in the interest of time. But you have this centurion comes to Jesus and said, he he's talking about not himself. He's not asking for healing for himself, but for his servants. So
2: this is a Roman centurion. He he's a
1: Gentile, right? Right. Not a Jew. So that's that's the first red flag because okay. obviously it's something different. Yeah. Because Jesus was came to but, preach, but, to but Jews. it was based on faith. It was, but whose faith? The centurion's faith, not the servant's faith. Right. So that's kind of another interesting wrinkle in the healing that Jesus did. He's now, he, and he doesn't even go, he doesn't even go to see the guy. No. He just says, okay, he's healed. It's done. It's like, well, how did that happen? So there is no laying on of hands. Right. There is no great faith on the part of the one who was sick. Right. But there is faith involved, but on the part of the master of the servant, who was not even a Jew. Right. So, again, when you look at the elements of Jesus healing, there were a wide variety of, of circumstances that he healed in. And, and I guess the, the point we're trying to make here is we go, we're going to go through several more is that it wasn't a cookie-cutter operation. Good point. When Jesus healed, it wasn't always the same. All of the same things didn't happen. It wasn't in the same environment. It wasn't to the same kinds of people. It was Jesus would heal just due to whatever circumstance he found himself in. And again, if we are supposed to be healing now, is that the way we do it? Or have we developed a cookie-cutter operation?
2: Hmm, good question.
1: 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now.
2: The conversation continues next hour online and all through the week. Christian Questions is live Sunday mornings on demand with tons of topics to talk about in our featured audio archive, CQ Rewind, Facebook,
1: and our blog. Go to ChristianQuestions.com. Let's go to another example, Jonathan, and again, we we've chose examples that are very, very different because it shows the diversity of, of Jesus' healing and, and his healing powers. So this is from Luke chapter 17, and this is part of a story that I think most, most of us are familiar with.
2: As he entered into a village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him, and they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests." And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed, but the nine? Where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him,
1: Stand up, and go, your faith has made you well. Now that's a fascinating example because Jesus heals ten lepers. That's right. All that's ten. Now, they're not, they're not acting out of great faith. They're acting out of desperation. That's right. Master, uh, come, have mercy on us, heal us.
2: So that's based on his mercy towards them.
1: Right. So all ten are healed. One of them comes to Jesus and, and thanks him. Right. And Jesus' response to the one is that stand up go your faith has made you well so that was based on faith so now okay so wait so we're saying that jesus healed just because he he wanted to but only one of them had faith involved i guess that's what it sounds like so and and another question rick what about
2: did any of these 10 follow him as a disciple uh, after
1: this healing, yeah place? We, did, we don't know, we don't know at all, and it, just by the, the the tone of the story, you kind of expect at least the nine to go off their own separate ways because they got what they were looking for, right, and I think that's a key. They got what they were looking for. it wasn't driven by a great faith, it was driven by a great need. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Jesus says this to the one: Your faith has made you well, has made you whole, is what the King James says. Right. And I think that there might be an extra lesson involved in that when Jesus is saying, "Your faith has made you whole," because now you are 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 much more cognizant of glorifying God. Even though you are not a Jew, even though you're a Samaritan, a foreigner, right? Mm-hmm. You still have a great faith. But the nine were healed, nevertheless. And this was a dramatic healing, Jonathan. Leprosy was something that if you were healed, you knew it. Right. If you had it, you knew it. There's no, there's no being healed. There's no process of healing. It's you were, you were contaminated, and now you're clean.
2: And they were sent to the scribes and Pharisees to show that they were healed. Right. I'm sure they didn't like to receive that information. Where
1: did you get that from? Oh, this man, Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, grr. (laughs) Great. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go on to another example, because now, see, Jesus really does do a lot of healing based on mercy, not on faith. And why do we call it faith healing if Mm -hmm. in many of these instances we're not seeing this great faith that comes forward uh, in, in, in the context of Jesus' healing? Good point. All right, next one, Luke 22.
2: But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When those who were around him saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, Stop, no more of this. And he touched his ear and healed him.
1: All right, so now would you think that Malchus, this slave of the high priest, had a whole lot of faith in Jesus? No, <laughs> not at all. He was coming to take him prisoner for being uh, uh, a uh, a uh, a bad guy. I can't think of the word. Blasphemer. A blasphemer. So so, and, and he didn't ask for the healing. No, he didn't. So you have this, this ruckus breakout, and he's, he's injured, and Jesus stops the whole thing and heals him. There's no faith involved there.
2: And he certainly wasn't going to follow him
1: after that. No, of course not. <laughs> okay. Well, he did. He followed him, holding on to him, that's bringing right. him prisoner.
2: Exactly. All right. That's it. So,
1: so, again, you have an example of Jesus healing without the element of faith. And if that's the case, and Jesus, and again, this was a non-believer.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. So, we see, Jonathan, a lot of non-believers being healed by Jesus. That's right. In many cases, there's not faith involved.
2: No, but there's mercy. The mercy of Jesus um, wanting to help.
1: So... That is helping us to understand the context of how Jesus healed. Now, my question, folks, to you is, is that the way we do it today? Because if we are doing what Jesus did, shouldn't we be doing it the way Jesus did? Follow the pattern. Exactly. Follow the pattern. Now, one last example. And, you know, the the question obvious is going to be, well, you know, we're not Jesus. We should be following the pattern of the disciples. I agree. Okay. Next segment, we're going to go through the pattern that the disciples set. And we're going to ask the same questions. Because, folks, bottom line is this. When we look at faith healing in our day, uh, our, our perspective on it is, is very simple. Uh, this is not something that is part of the Christian calling. It's not. It, it simply is not. We don't see Jesus healing followers. And I know I'm jumping the gun, but I can't stand it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we don't see Jesus healing his own followers wholesale. He's just he's not he's 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 putting out that grace, that mercy to unbelievers to show them something different. We're going to have to look and see if the apostles did the same thing. But and if that's the case, why is it that all we focus on in healing today is you have to have faith, you have to believe, you have to believe, and if have you to don't believe.
2: have the proper faith. Then you won't be healed.
1: Right. And Jesus directly contradicted that teaching in his teaching. And if you're going to choose whose teaching you're going to follow, which one you are going to pick? I pick Jesus. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we don't have time to read this, Jonathan. I got a little bit uh, carried away there. But <laughs> but John 5, 2-9 to nine, is about a man... Who uh, was blind? Uh, had been ill for 38 years. Mm-hmm. He was lying by the pool. You know the, the And no one would help him in the pool. Right. Yeah. And Jesus basically says to him, "Get up, pick up your pallet, and walk." And immediately the man gets up and he's able to walk. So Jesus heals this lame man. I said blind. He was lame. He had been 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 lame for 38 years. There's no faith in Jesus mentioned here. Just hope. Because he doesn't he doesn't see, go to Jesus and say, um, you know, Lord. He calls him sir. So so he doesn't have faith in Jesus, but Jesus heals a lifelong malady here. So as we look at that and you see how Jesus did it, what we're doing is looking at several examples of Jesus healing and all of the elements that we're so used to today did not exist. So is it really legitimate that we call what Jesus did faith healing?
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Can Christians Heal Disease? Coming up. When the apostles and disciples began healing, did they use similar methods that are used today by faith healers? That's next.
0: You're listening to Christian Questions.
2: Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Can Christians Heal Disease? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website ChristianQuestions dot com,
1: and Jonathan, this is such an enormous subject. We are not going to have time to go into a lot of examples of the apostles' healings, but in in so doing, what we want to do is we're going to give you, and you know, you don't have to take our word for this, but this is these are some of the conclusions that we have drawn by going through every single example of healing in the New Testament. All right, there are three observations of New Testament healing done by Jesus and the apostles and the disciples. Here are the three. Healing done by Jesus and the apostles
2: and disciples were meant for the general public.
1: All right. In every case you see, you see people who are not already followers being healed, and this is New Testament. Mm -hmm. So this is the guideline for healing, in my mind anyway. Now look, you can say, well, you know, tradition says this and that and the other thing. That's great. That's fine. But if you want to find the true source, I think you need to go back to the true source. Good point. The scriptural examples. So healing done by Jesus, the apostles, and disciples was meant for the general public. That's one. What's the next one?
2: Uh, It was also, Rick, in, in public for everyone to see.
1: Okay, so you're saying
2: it, it was, wasn't hidden, it wasn't in one room,
1: it was exposed. So it was literally out in public, yeah. oftentimes out on the street. That's right. Where you're not you're not closing the door behind you, not doing something quietly. Now occasionally that did happen, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. for the most part it was absolutely in 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 the in in, in a place where anybody happening by could see what was going on. Right. Okay, and what's the third observation? All
2: healing was for the purpose of drawing attention to the future kingdom and the gospel of Christ.
1: So when you saw how the healing was done, they were always drawing people to the kingdom message and the message of the gospel, the good news of the gospel of Christ. Yes. And it was to, it was to show something, and we're going to get into that in the second hour in, in much more detail about how this all fits together. But those are the three observations. Now, here's a list of a few things that seem to happen in the context of Christian healing today, these days. There are several elements that always take place. What are they? Prayer, okay. music of praise and worship, and oftentimes it's very loud and very rhythmic, Mm -hmm. laying on of hands by a powerful preacher, and you always have that element, that powerful, powerful leader up front, Uh, repetition, and we heard that a little bit in one of the sound bites,
2: during a Christian worship service, a large service usually with thousands,
1: okay, it's during a Christian worship service, and it's, it's very different than the thing we just spoke about,
2: yeah, and done only Rick, for the benefit of believers.
1: So there is a direct disconnect between the methods, the context, and the who of the healing of Jesus and the apostles and the healing today. And folks, listen. That's strange. It if, doesn't make sense to me. If, it, if you are longing to be healed, I, I apologize. You know, we're, we're, we're talking to you about this, and we're being very, very straightforward and forthright in our, in our perspective. And certainly, if you have a different perspective, we'd love to hear from you at 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now.
2: And don't forget, go to our website and become a Twitter follower to learn about upcoming programs, and any new updates posted. Go to ChristianQuestions.com
1: You can follow us on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook. You can email us at Rick at ChristianQuestions.net So many ways to get in contact and it's so much fun to hear from you. But again, back to that comment, Jonathan. We're not trying to discourage anybody but what we are trying to do is say, look, if we are looking to follow Christ let's look for the right things and the right ways to follow him. And in my mind, and this is a Rick opinion, if you want to find the right ways to follow Christ, you go back to the original example. To the source. Jesus and the apostles. And let's focus on their example and see if we can emulate that example in today's world. Right. That's all we're saying here. Let's go back to that HBO special. We've got two more sound bites we want to try to get in this segment here, um, and it, this one is really focusing on the power of suggestion, which is a very, very intricate part of this whole uh, concept of faith healing today. The anointing
3: to personal charisma and the well tried
1: techniques of
3: crowd manipulation, him adds another dramatic ingredient.
4: Fire on the choir. Fire!
3: This was a favorite device of an earlier faith healer, Catherine Kuhlman, whom Benny Hinn first saw in action when he was 20 and has always acknowledged as his inspiration.
4: Just give it to just give it to him, the power of God will
3: this body. Throwing people over by the power of suggestion is in fact an old hypnotist trick, and it predates Kuhlman and Hinn by more than 200 years.
1: See, now that's fascinating because there's, there's several things, the power of suggestion. But another thing, Jonathan, that is very fascinating to me is there is no record in the New Testament of healing, and when you touch people, they fall over down on the ground.
2: Right. But in that last example, that's what happened. When he said, uh, fire to the choir.
1: They all fell down. They all fell back. There
2: it is. Something hit
1: them, a power of some kind. So. Again, if you're looking to figure out, should I seek healing from a Christian standpoint, Uh, is that something that is God's will? My question, folks, to you is, is it God's will for us to follow the pattern that Jesus and the apostles set, and they never did that? They never did that. They no. never said fire on anybody. No. The one time the apostles wanted to bring fire down on somebody, Jesus said don't do it. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> so it, it's a whole different environment. You're talking about two completely different things. Which pattern are you going to choose to follow? Jesus and the apostles were what we see today. Let's look at one of the examples of the healing by the apostles. Acts chapter 9.
2: Now, as Peter was traveling through all those regions, he came down also to the saints who lived in Lydda. There he found a man... No,
1: see, just a man. Not not a believer, but a man.
2: Okay. Named Aeneas, who had been bedridden eight years, for he was paralyzed.
1: All right, so now the unquestionable seriousness uh, of this event is, is is laid out. This is a man who's been bedridden for eight years. This is a very serious uh, situation.
2: Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. Immediately he got up, and all who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord.
1: So it says he immediately he gets up. So Peter does this in plain sight in public. Right. So And that begs the question, folks, if we're doing, if we're following the pattern of Jesus and the apostles, why aren't our healers, quote-unquote, standing out on street corners mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. healing those people who walk by? Who need it. Who are not necessarily believers. Right. Did Jesus say to this man, Your faith has made you, uh, did Peter say to this man, Your faith has made you whole? No. No, no. he just he sees him and he shows the power of God through the Holy Spirit. That's what he shows.
2: And they turn to the Lord. Uh, interesting, Rick, they didn't turn to Peter, they right. turned to the Lord.
1: Right. They're not following Peter, right. they're following the Lord Jesus Christ because Peter is putting them in the context of saying this is the message of Jesus. This is the message of the good news of the gospel, the healing of the world. And, and that, again, we're going to get to that later on in the program. But that's Peter doing it in a very public manner. No mention of faith. Now, now, the public nature, Jonathan, I can't harp enough on the public nature of the event. The man's faith was not a factor. Uh, this was just something done in the the, the plain sight of anybody, who happened to be walking by. Right. There was no falling down. As a matter of fact, all there was was getting up.
2: <laughs> there you go. And
1: he had to make his bed.
2: And all Peter was doing was pointing him to Jesus. Right,
1: right. All right, let's go back to... So, so. you know, we have the power of suggestion very prevalent in our healing context today. Mm-hmm. There was no time, there was no environment, there was no opportunity for Peter to use the power of suggestion. No. He... Out of the blue, comes up to this man and basically says, "Get up." So th- there's no, there's no, there's no uh, hype. There's no crowd noise. There's no repetition. There's no mighty preaching. There's just the command from God through the Spirit of of of, 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 of God uh, and, and and in the power that's given to Peter to say, "Get up." It's entirely different. Let's let's go back to the psychology of faith healing uh, from HBO one more time.
3: In the charged atmosphere of a faith-healing service, this response can set up a chain reaction. First, the preacher selects those in the crowd who are most responsive to the faith-healer's initial suggestion. Once on stage, these people are like Kirsch's Music and Lights, confirming and reconfirming everyone's expectation of a particular response to the faith-healer's suggestion. Until the whole audience has fallen under his spell.
1: So, again, you have this sense of not only the power of suggestion, but you have the picking of those who are most responsive to set the tone. And then you have peer pressure enter. Mm, because think, ab- think, think about it. You've got all of these people in this massive crowd, all with this one expectation. And, and look, I, w- I want to back up for a second because people who want to be healed are undoubtedly hurting. Oh, yeah. They're undoubtedly in pain, and they're suffering. And they would love for it to end. I mean, you've known, we've all known people who are who who have gone through miserable physical maladies and, and suffered greatly as a result. And, they just want relief. Right. So, is it wrong to want relief? No, no, no not no, at all. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. It's not wrong to want relief. The question is, how do we seek whatever relief can be available to us
2: following God's word
1: and what is God's word telling us about how to find relief is God's word telling us that we as Christians should be healed from our diseases or is God's word telling us as Christians that that's not in store for us individually there's other things that are that that we should be uh, focusing on uh, folks, if you have a thought, um, give us a call. We'll put you on in the next uh, next hour. It's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866 985 We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And the conversation continues
2: online at ChristianQuestions.com. Contact us there with your questions and comments. Also, interact
1: with us on our Facebook and our always updated blog. So, Jonathan, to me the difference is this. When we are following after the patterns of faith healing today, we are seeking to make... Ourself whole, rather than the pattern in the in the New Testament was to take our whole self and follow Christ.
2: Mm, Good
1: point. So, are we seeking to make ourselves whole? Or are we seeking to take our whole self as beleaguered and difficult as our situation is and take that whole self and follow Christ and offer up that little bit that we have? Mm-hmm. To me, that's the big difference. That is. Let's take a quick look. We don't have a lot of time here, but Acts chapter 5, verses 14 to 20, another healing from the Apostle Peter.
2: And all the more, believers in the Lord, multitudes of men and women, were constantly added to their number, to such an extent that they even carried the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and pallets, So that Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on them. Also, the people from the cities in the vicinity of Jerusalem were coming together, bringing people who were sick or afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all being healed.
1: So the shadow of Peter falling on these people would heal them.
2: What a miracle.
1: And and again, there wasn't the big drama of the laying on of hands and all of this stuff. Peter is literally just walking by.
2: Exactly. Continue. But the high priest rose up along with all his associates, that is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with jealousy. They laid hands on the apostles and put them in public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the gates of the prison, and taking them out, said, Go, stand and speak to the people in the temple, the whole message of this life.
1: So what you have is a very simple fight going on here of good versus evil Mm -hmm. you have the gospel being spread you have the the uh the uh, high priest being jealous and and trying to throwing them in jail an angel of the lord comes and says nope get out go back to work yep (laughs) but again it's go back to work it's go back to work in public it's go back to work with the public and show the power of the gospel because see jonathan the gospel message was not just it was not just simply come and follow jesus right now no it, it, was, it was come and follow Jesus right now because there is a ransom price that Jesus paid for the whole world of mankind. Remember when Jesus said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in, is in heaven? Yes. This is what the healing was for. It was to show the world that there was something greater than that moment. Because, you know, inevitably everybody that was healed in those days died anyway, didn't they? They did indeed. So what we have is the examples of Jesus and the apostles. How they healed, where they healed, and who they healed. And folks, to be frank with you, those examples do not match with the examples of faith healers today. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, which example do we want to follow? Which example do we want to be a part of? That of Jesus and the apostles or that of healers today? We've got so much more coming in the second hour. A little bit more on the healings of the apostle Paul what about the scripture in James that says you, you, know, you should go to the elders to be healed doesn't that directly contradict everything we said stay with us for the second hour if we're not on in your area go to ChristianQuestions.com and hit listen live for Jonathan and Rick it's Christian Questions can Christians heal disease we'll be back soon think about it
0: This is Christian Questions.
1: Phyllis McGinley once said, "One of, of one thing I am certain: the body is not the measure of healing; peace is the measure." Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Christian Questions Talk Radio with your breakfast with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation. ...about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Jonathan, we have got quite an interesting topic on the table this morning.
2: We sure do, Rick. And our question this morning is, Can Christians heal disease? And our theme text is found in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed.
1: And, Jonathan, in the first hour, we spent a lot of time talking about uh, the ways and and the people and uh, the, the cir- circumstances in which Jesus healed. Yes. And then we talked about a little bit uh, some of those things with the Apostle Paul specifically. But what we found is that the context of the healing of Jesus and the Apostles was uh, was almost always in, in public, on the street kind of thing, where anybody and everybody could see.
2: And it was, yeah, it was. It was for the
1: general people. Right. The the average public were the ones who were healed, not the, not the staunch, firm believers and followers. It was the public that were healed.
2: And it was drawing attention to the gospel of Christ,
1: and the, the qu- future kingdom. So the question is, when we look at faith healing today, we are in, a, in an enclosed atmosphere, mm-hmm. Okay, lots and lots of people, and you've got prayer and music of praise and worship and laying out of hands and repetition, and it's all, it's all based on faith.
2: Yep, Christian worship going on at the same time, yep.
1: So there's a difference between those two. There are. So we want to continue to to look at how healing unfolded in the the New Testament. We looked at Jesus specifically. We looked at a couple of instances from the Apostle Peter. Now we're going to jump to somebody who works these signs and wonders who is not an apostle, but just a follower of Jesus, and this is Philip. So uh, did... You know, who who did the healing in the New Testament? Well, we know it's primarily the apostles, mm-hmm. but there were others as well who did the healing. And let's take a look at this, Acts chapter 8, verses 3 to 8.
2: But Saul began ravaging the church, entering house after house, and dragging off men and women. He would put them in prison. Therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word.
1: So it says Saul began ravaging the church. Mm-hmm. Who's that?
2: Well, later he would be the Apostle Paul.
1: Okay, so this is early on before before yes. Paul is converted. Yes. And so while this is happening, he is actually causing the the, the true believers to scatter.
2: The spread of the gospel.
1: Right. <laughs> How about that? He's trying to destroy it and he's causing it to spread.
2: All things work together for good. That's right. That's right.
1: So now let's take a look at what happens with Philip here in these next few verses. Philip went down to the
2: city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. The crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was being said by Philip as they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. For in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them, shouting with a loud voice, and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was much rejoicing in that city.
1: So again, you have the exact same pattern that Jesus and the apostles established right, in public Mm -hmm. for the public. Faith's not mentioned again. So it's a very different environment. And so my question is, if we're supposed to be healing now, why don't we follow the pattern that was set up for us by Jesus and the apostles? Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866 985-4255, 985-4255, five, five, toll free, 866 985 We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now.
2: While studying the Bible and talking about today's Christian topics, go to ChristianQuestions.com for audio, video, CQ Rewind, and other free re- resources that no one else has on the planet. All programs are recorded and archived online. Check them out. There's over 500 programs, only at ChristianQuestions.com.
1: All right, and, and, and what a great... Place. I'll tell you, Jonathan, the website has been recently redesigned. They did such a fantastic job. There's so much to do there, so many good things to get involved in. ChristianQuestions.com, and make sure you sign up for Seeker Rewind. It's free. Uh, let's finish up this, this account with uh, Philip, uh, going back to Acts chapter 8, verses 12 and 13. But when they believed Philip
2: preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike. Even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued with Philip, and as he observed signs and great miracles taking place, he was constantly amazed.
1: And we know that Simon, this this sorcerer, followed and wanted the gifts of the Spirit so he could get a lot of attention.
2: Yeah, cuz that's what he was used to. Right. He was doing magic tricks right. for for people, entertaining
1: right. people and people looking, "Wow, he must have the gift of God." Right. <laughs> Look, right. That's neat. Right. And and so he's following after Philip saying, "This is this is way cooler than anything oh. I could do." Oh yeah. And and so and we know that Peter comes to him afterwards and, and calls him out on it.
2: That's right, he does.
1: And and Simon is is really really humbled by that. But again, what we see is Philip, his guy, he's not a he's not an apostle. No, he's not. But he's out there and he's leading The way with this incredible healing and so forth Jonathan why don't we go to the phones all right well we have
2: Julius from Connecticut good morning Julius and welcome to Christian questions
4: Uh, good morning I'd love to participate in your Bible study if I may
1: go right ahead
4: (laughs) yeah faith healing uh, the answer to the question is no that's not our mission it is incidental to the development of the true church uh, you know, the miracles that occurred in and, and Jesus' day, they were they were extraordinary to establish the early Church. They needed those tangible proofs of uh, miracles that uh, the Lord Jesus performed. Uh, as a witness, as uh, you said, and the Lord Jesus says in John 5, uh, verse 28-29, uh, a couple of scriptures that impressed me along this line. One is John 9-3, remember the young man? Mm-hmm. I think he was uh, blind from birth. I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And uh, in verse uh, 3 of uh, chapter 9, the question is asked, uh, why is this young man uh, afflicted with uh, blindness? Is it because he's sin or his parents? And to me, this is key, what the Lord Jesus said. No, because God's glory is to be made manifest. And the point is that our mission is to learn to focus on God's Methods and God's plan, and uh, in uh, one final scripture, John seventeen three, uh, Lord's prayer, it says that life eternal is to know God. God bless. Thank you. Thank you,
2: Joy. Appreciate your right. call. Bye bye.
1: Great scripture, great scripture. And that man, I think, was blind for 40 years, if I remember right. Wow. So it was his his whole life. And the purpose of that healing was to show the glory of God. And again, it was a precursor of something even greater. That's Mm -hmm. the point. Julius, thanks so much for the call. And uh, the comment, uh, this healing was incidental to the development of the true church. And I think that's important as well. It wasn't the centerpiece of the development of the true church. No, it wasn't. It was incidental. Jonathan, I want to go to a a, a soundbite again. This is another another HBO program uh, about the tactics of faith healers being exposed. And this is an example at a particular healing session in Florida where a young man, maybe 14, 15 years old, has spina bifida and it is a debilitating disease and he's on the stage and you can hear and feel the emotion I want you to hear what the boy says and how it, what the preacher is proclaiming and this ends up being to me just it, this ends up being tragic just l- l- listen to this
0: now back to Jeffrey Kaufman's report on an evangelist in Florida who claims to have the power to heal
5: what is this
6: Alex Arnett has spina bifida. He has been in leg braces his entire life. He has come to Todd Bentley's revival in Lakeland, Florida
5: to be healed. Something's happening here. Tell me what you're feeling, first of all, young man.
4: I'm feeling strength in my legs, and I've never felt like... You've never had
6: this strength in your legs.
4: No, and I haven't been able to walk like this all my life, and now... All your life. And now I'm able to walk straighter than I was. Take a few
1: more steps.
6: Think you can walk now forever without them or are you gonna have go back to
5: your braces? It's up to God. I'm leaving it up to him. In the name of Jesus, loose,
4: loose, 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 loose. Straighten, 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 straighten. What do you feel? I feel like I have like the most strength I've ever had in my body.
1: <laughs> the boy was not healed contrary to the proclamation of the of, of Todd Bentley there he says, oh, this boy is being healed loose loose he's, he's praying over him uh, and, and but it's not happening and that's the tragedy of this Jonathan
2: there was adrenaline and energy from the room that was going you into could hear the, the young
1: the crowd Man. it sounded like they're at a sporting event yeah the crowd's going wild in the background and of course you are at a, a, a an emotional point Mm-hmm. And we know what adrenaline can do. I mean, you've heard oh, you know yeah. stories of, of of mothers you know m- m- picking up a car, you know the, b- the back end of a car, and moving it to get their child. You know things like that. Yes, that's adrenaline. That's what happens in these environments. But there was no healing, and that to me. Is the tragedy. And what that shows us, Jonathan, is even back in the times of the New Testament, the gift of healing, which was legitimate back then, yes. was beginning to be misused. Ah, interesting. As were the other gifts. All the way back then. All the way back then, it was being misused and unduly elevated. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, 27 to 31.
2: Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues.
1: Do you see how far down the list the miracles and the gifts of healing are? Yes. Okay, that's that's important. Go ahead.
2: All are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All are not workers of miracles, are they? All do not have gifts of healing, do they? All do not speak with tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they, but earnestly desire the greater gifts, and I show you still more an excellent way.
1: So, the Apostle is saying that you, you're, you're focusing on the wrong things. You're th- focusing on the things with all the glitter mm-hmm. instead of the things with all the substance. Good. Good. And he's saying, I'm going to show you even a more excellent way than all of these gifts. Gifts were something that you were able to do without h- having worked at. Right? Okay. It was a miraculous endowment versus I'm going to show you the way of Christian love. And that's what the next chapter in First Corinthians is. Mm-hmm. So there was a dramatic misuse of these things. Now, now Jonathan, I, we can't spend a lot of time on that, unfortunately, because I want to get to this next scripture. And uh, we'll just talk about it because we don't have time to, to quote it. The Apostle Paul. Yes. Would you say he was a man of great faith?
2: Absolutely.
1: Would you say he was a man of probably greater faith than most of us can ever even dream about?
2: <laughs> you got it. All
1: right. <laughs> what an in, example. If you look at 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9, he, the Apostle Paul, is asking... God through Jesus to heal him.
2: Because of a thorn in the
1: flesh. Because he wants to. And, and, you know, folks are going to say, well, wait a minute, did not you say not to to be focused on healing yourself? Yes, 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 that's what we said. Because the apostle wanted to be able to serve even in a greater way. Now, first of all... He
2: prayed three times, right? He did. He He was intense on this problem.
1: Three different times, he was already serving God in such a way that most of us cannot even measure up to. How faithful. So he's thinking, if I can have this thing removed from me... I can work even harder, and he already had a track record. Oh, yeah. And so you'd think that Jesus would say, okay. You got it. Yeah, let's, let's see how fast you can really go. But what's Jesus' answer to him?
2: My grace is su- sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness.
1: Think about that. One of the greatest examples of faith we have ever seen is told, no, I'm not going to fix what's wrong. Because I want you to be strong in me and not in yourself. Wow. That to me is the example of what Christianity really should be. So, on the other side of the issue, if Jesus' grace is supposed to be sufficient and his power is supposed to be made stronger in weakness, if that's the case, you know what? Don't heal any followers. Wow. Because you'll do them damage by taking away the opportunity for Jesus' power to grow in them.
2: How about that for a reversal?
1: (laughs) It it is. It's a dramatic reversal, and that's the reversal that is shown to us. We're not not surmising that. That reversal is shown to us in the life and the example and the experience of the Apostle Paul. Let Jesus' strength and power carry you in your trials
2: this is Christian questions I'm Jonathan here with Rick our subject this morning can Christians heal disease coming up in James chapter 5 we're told to pray for healing so which is it to heal or not to heal That is the question
0: that's next you're listening to Christian questions
2: Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Can Christians Heal Disease? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866 985 We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now on our website, ChristianQuestions.com.
1: And Jonathan, as we go through this this, this subject, it is we can't stress enough how the Apostle Paul himself was not healed. And the reason, he, he was given a physical reason, which is a template for us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. And the apostle's response was, therefore, I will glory in my infirmity, that the power of Christ may be made manifest in my life. Shouldn't that be the way we approach our infirmities? Absolutely. Now, but there is a scripture that says, well, what if when people are sick, they should go to the elders so they could be healed. Now, that's a scripture. That's in James five thirteen to 15. Before we get to that scripture, let's actually, let's go to the, uh, let, actually, you know, let's go to the phones first. Okay. And then we're going to go to another soundbite. Then we're going to go to that scripture.
2: All right. Well, we have Randall from Connecticut. Good morning, Randall, and welcome to Christian Questions.
1: Good
6: morning. Happy Sunday, guys. To you, too. We have Matthew eight fifteen. He touched her hand. The fever left her, and she rose and waited on him. When my mother was diagnosed with a disease that would end with her death, we prayed a lot. The disease remained, but so did she. We were given more years than foretold, and she was able to pray with her last raspy breaths. Psalm 103,23: "Do not forget the gifts of God, who pardons all your sins and heals all your ills." Christian healing is not taking from God by a magic formula. It is being open to receiving the kingdom in our life now. Is a total cure the only answer? Or is a remission, a new prosthetic, or blessed time an answer? We all die, but God makes his presence known through illness by making it his opportunity for grace. Luke 7.22 Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind regain their sight. The lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear.
1: Randall, thanks so much. We appreciate it. God bless you guys. Take care. And you know, it's a um, it's it's an interesting thing what he, he said. You know, they 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 prayed uh, in the situation with his mother. She wasn't healed, but she 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 had the strength by God's grace to have that extra time mm-hmm. to be spiritually minded. And isn't that what our whole situation is supposed to be about? Yes. About being spiritually minded. Um, let's go to the um, this uh, soundbite from uh, again. This was about Todd Bentley, this this healer with the, with the spina bifida uh, young thing man in, yep. in in the last segment. Mm-hmm. And here he's being interviewed. And this listen to kind of what happens here.
6: Can you supply us with three people who have been? Cured through miracle with their medical diagnosis, their names, their doctors, so that we can actually
4: see them talk. What I'll do is give you what we call a media package, which we've made available to other networks,
5: and and I have one. My media secretary has one. If I have a thousand people consenting, I'll give you a thousand names.
4: I just want three. We we absolutely we'll give it to you.
6: But we never got three. Instead, we were given a binder filled with what Bentley says are stories of inspiring miracles. It offered incomplete contact information, a few pages of incomplete medical records, doctors' names were crossed out. And so, not a single miracle claim of Bentley's could be verified.
1: And that's one of the tragedies of a lot of this, uh, the, the examples that we have in our world today, Jonathan, is one of the tragedies is you don't have the physical living uh, long-term proof.
2: Okay. Let's go back to the phones. All right, well, we have Kevin from Tennessee. Good morning, Kevin,
1: and welcome to Christian Questions.
5: Good morning, fellas.
1: Hey, good to hear from you.
5: Uh, I can hardly hear you for some reason.
1: Okay, um, is that any better?
5: Uh, Not much better, but uh, I can hear you.
0: Okay, go ahead. Um,
5: I just wanted to, I'm not going to give you any scripture. I'm just going to tell you what happened. Okay, good. My uh, brother, my uh, family, we were skinned. And uh, my little brother, who's not a believer, uh, was on the bunny slope and uh, broke his leg. Confirmed. My brother, who is a believer, laid hands on him and healed him. And to this day, my little brother is still not a believer.
1: Interesting. So so did they take him to an emergency room or anything?
5: No, people there said his leg was busted and needed to get him there. And uh, my brother just... uh, out of the blue, laid hands on him, and the bone mended.
1: All right, so so they didn't have they they didn't go to a, to a doctor first or anything like that, and it was just sort of a, a spur of the moment thing. That's what you're saying,
5: right? But it was obvious it was broken, and uh, and he was obviously healed and better, and got up and skied.
1: Interesting, interesting. Well, you know what? And that's that's, that's a very interesting example of uh, of a very specific circumstance. Uh, but the young man still never came to Christ or anything like that afterwards. Nope, little In- brother. Leaver. interesting kevin thanks and, for go ahead i'm sorry
5: oh i uh, one more uh um it's tragic because <laughs> the devil was attacking me when i got saved really bad and i split my wrist and was dying and screamed out for jesus and that's all i did and it quit bleeding and, and mended and then i went to the hospital
1: wow boy i uh, thank thank god that uh, you are able to live to tell about it
5: Yeah, because I was pumping, literally pumping the blood out of my veins. Then I came to my senses and squeezed and screamed out for Jesus and opened back up and it was not bleeding anymore. And uh, that's been probably 15 years ago.
1: Wow. Well, thank God for that. Kevin, thanks so much for the call. We appreciate your sharing those personal experiences. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Now, and see, Jonathan, that, that, that's interesting. You know, you, you have that, and while I'm not going to say, you know, to Kevin, well, you know, no, that's not what happened. I wasn't there. I don't know. But but there is a, uh, w- when we look at those things, what we want to do is say, okay, what can we learn from that? And is that something that happens on a regular basis? Or is there a few and far between example here? Now, th- there will be several questions that I would potentially ask somebody about that just because i'm a i'm a skeptic about a lot of things and i i look for a lot of proof but you know we're going to take kevin uh, at his word on that then kevin thanks so much for the call we appreciate it jonathan let's go into james five thirteen to 15 because this is a scripture that really focuses on okay you need to be healed it's like it goes contrary to everything we just we've said for the last hour and a half
2: is anyone among you suffering then he must pray is anyone cheerful he is to sing praises Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him.
1: So here you have it. You've got this scripture that says, if you have someone who's sick, call for the elders of the church, they're to pray for him, anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick. So that directly, apparently, contradicts everything that we have just been saying. Right, uh, Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866 985 We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. If you have any questions on our subject, give us a call at I-
2: ChristianQuestions.com, or go to our Facebook, or email us at rick at ChristianQuestions.net.
1: Okay, let's go through this. Is any of you suffering, first of all? Let, let's take this apart. This is this is our real series Bible study section of this, this program? Yes. Okay, we're going to get really deeply into this scripture, because folks, bluntly, what the scripture says and what the scripture means... Uh, are, are, there's, there's a little bit of a difference. Okay. The words chosen here, once we look at how they're used and what they mean, it helps us to understand what I think is the true meaning of the text. If any of you is suffering, what does that mean? Suffering in the Greek means to undergo hardship. Now, how do we know that? Well, let's look at how else that particular word is used. And look, I'm no Greek scholar.
2: Neither neither are you, right? Oh, oh I'm not. Definitely not. That's <laughs> well, why we use concordances. Right. So we
1: rely on those who know yes. regardless of their denomination. Yes. We rely on them to help us understand the language. Yes. Second Timothy chapter two verse three.
2: Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. That word hardness, Rick, is the same word for suffering okay. in the other verse.
1: Alright, and, and one more. Second Timothy four five.
2: But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. And that word, Rick, afflictions, is the word for suffering in the James Scripture.
1: So by the very use of the word for suffering, it has to do with trials of faith.
2: Yes, yeah, definitely.
1: It's not about illness. No. It's not suffering from a, um, a seizures or suffering from uh, uh, an infection or something like mm-hmm. that. No. But it actually, as we see the way it's used, it has to do with... The suffering of trials of faith specifically. Yes. Okay, so that, that's the first thing. If any of you is undergoing hardship, that's where we start the context. Okay, then he says, that they, then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He's to sing praises. Is any among you sick? All right, now what does sick mean? I mean, Jonathan, you think sick means sick, right? Well,
2: it means to be feeble In any
1: sense. Okay, but that can still mean sick, right? It could. Okay, all right. Now, let's take a look at, because this is a fascinating, and and, and, folks, this is one of the things that, that really... That, that I really enjoy in terms of getting ready for a Christian Christians broadcast is looking up the scriptures and looking up the words and, and, and trying to put it all in context. I love the Bible study part. It's so exciting to me to try to just get down to the bottom line. And
2: looking at other scriptures that use those same words to exactly. to gain that true understanding.
1: Right. So now that word literally is translated sick many times in the New Testament. There's no question about it. But it's also translated in a different way. In 2 Corinthians 12.10, let's and look at this. Therefore
2: I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Okay. So Rick, that word weak is the same word for sick in the James verse.
1: Alright, so it's talking about weak versus strong. Now let's look at Romans fourteen one to 4
2: Receive one who is
1: weak in the faith. Okay, and and just pause there. The word weak is Is the the same same word for sick. Yes. So it's not saying receive one who is sick in the faith, but weak. So you really get a sense from the Roman scripture, part of the meaning for this word. Mm -hmm. It it can apply to physical sickness, but it obviously applies to spiritual weakness and difficulty as well.
2: But not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables.
1: So now, it's not he who's sick, but he who is weak in the faith. Yes,
2: in the faith. That's it.
1: Now, Jonathan, and we won't read the rest of the verse because we're going to run out of time here, but um, the interesting thing about this particular word, folks, I'd encourage you to look it up because it's a fascinating study. It's translated sick most often in the context of Jesus himself. But once you get the apostles' writings on the scene, mm-hmm. it's translated weak, meaning spiritually weak, most often. Okay. So it is translated both ways. But in the context of the apostles, three-quarters of the times it's used, it is about spiritual weakness. weakness. Okay. So just helping to put things in, in, in context there. And then later on in the, in the verse in James, we go back to it. It says, And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick.
2: Now, that's a different Greek word, isn't it? It's an
1: entirely different word. And what does that mean? It means
2: to toil, to tire.
1: Now, that's fascinating, okay, because it will restore the one who is essentially, I'm going to paraphrase, who's worn out.
0: Good. Who's just
1: utterly weary from the fight. And again, let's take a look at the only other uses of this particular word. Is it ever translated sick? And the answer is no, it's not. For consider
2: him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, Lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. And Rick, that word wearied is the same word that says sick in James.
1: So, lest you be tired, exhausted from the fight and faint in your minds. Uh, and then the other time it's used?
2: Revelation 2.3 And has been born, has patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has
1: not fainted. And that word fainted is that word sick. So, it doesn't give you the sense of physical ailments what it does is it gives us the sense of spiritually exhausted, yes so when we look at this text now, understanding the greater context of the epistles, not just taking one sentence and saying okay let 's read this sentence and then let's let's translate this sentence and then let 's get a meaning from it, but let's take it and put it in the context of the epistles and and then what we can do is say, okay, what does that truly mean to us? If any of you is undergoing hardship, then he must pray. He has to sing praises. If any of you is feeble, then he must call for the elders of the church. Feeble, how, Jonathan? Spiritually. Spiritually feeble. It makes sense. And then the, 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 the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is tired, wearied, exhausted, and what it's saying is, we need one another to bear the burdens of one another. And, and, and Jonathan, just just read part of it because we're out of time for this segment here. First uh, Corinthians 11:28 to 31, just 29 and 30.
2: For he who eats and drinks eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick. And a number, sleep.
1: And again, it's not talking about being physically sick because it's not talking about sleeping physically either, is it? No, it's not. So it's giving us a sense that there is a spirituality that needs to be healed and guided. Just like with the Apostle Paul, when he set the standard saying, when I am weak, then I am strong.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Can Christians Heal Disease? Coming up, So, what was the real purpose of healing? Is there a bigger and more far reaching lesson that we are supposed to learn? That's next.
0: You're listening to Christian Questions.
2: Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Can Christians Heal Disease? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866 985 We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com.
1: And Jonathan, as we go through this subject, obviously it's a subject that has a lot of different perspectives. Uh, people have different personal experiences with it, and uh, it, it's it's good to hear hear different. Per- uh, we've got a very specific point of view here, mm-hmm. and it's good to hear different perspectives and and real experiences. And I think we have another one of those coming up right now. Yes, we do. We have Keith from Tennessee. Good morning, Keith, and welcome to oh, Christian good Questions. Good
7: morning. Good to talk to you again. Uh, it's been a while. Um, may I say uh, thanks to Jesus for designin' that time will be no more. But uh, I live in an area with uh, a lot of faith healers, or or quite a few. In fact, um, I won't name the city, but um, I live near a city which has more churches per capita than any other city in America. or did. in fact, that may be one reason we've got uh, hordes of Amish, uh, even a guy from New Zealand, all over America moving here, may or may not have been told to move here. But anyway, um, I... I, um, Try to test uh, these healers. I when I go to a service with where people are being slain in the spirit, Paul said, test the spirit. So, you know, I I, I I'll usually go up or sometimes, and and uh, many times God appears to use weak men, physically weak men, or even females, because that way He gets the glory and. And many of these people actually, you know, it, it is the power of the Spirit. I mean, they don't push me over, that that kind of thing. But with respect to actual physical, physical healings, um, I have had mixed results. Um, I went 22 years without going to any doctor except my brother and my sister's husband, who's a top physician, but I only went to him once. But um, uh, so, you know, in that sense, I was um, blessed. And I, with respect to the blessing... I about twenty five years ago I went to a, a TV and and radio famous um, uh, healer, but uh, not Benny Hinn. But um, I uh, asked him to, to uh, give me a new tooth, and he couldn't. But he blessed me, and for about twenty years after he blessed me, I I really had was blessed and and had some supernatural experiences. I won't get into that, but um, um, also um, I um. Wanted to say that, uh, um, that there was another incident, but it, but I wanted to mention a few programs ago. God was, or the Holy Spirit was, calling me to quote from Rudyard Kipling's poem "If," uh, which is not really a Christian poem, but I think the the line was, uh, or the verse was something about uh, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same uh, when you are man, my son. So anyway, I didn't. You know,
1: uh, say that. But uh, all right, uh, Keith, we we need to wrap this up there, brother.
7: Okay. Th- well, you, you take care, Keith. Thanks so much. We appreciate well, it. God bless. Thank thanks. you.
1: And interesting, you know, Keith has gone to these uh, se- several of these uh, different places to quote to test them, and uh, that's kind of an interesting perspective as well. And you know, personally, Jonathan, I wouldn't. I personally, I, and this is again a Rick opinion. I wouldn't go because I think I think it's a sham. And I don't want to even set foot in such a place because it just—it makes no sense to me scripturally. It makes no sense to me logically, and makes it no sense to me in terms of the example of Jesus and the apostles. Right. But that's a pure Rick opinion. (laughs) Take it for what you will. Jonathan, before we as we begin to wrap up this program, what about again healing one more time in the scriptures, Timothy? He was Paul's spiritual son, not his physical son, but spiritual. That's right. All right, let's take listen to, the, to what happened to Timothy here. Timothy 5, uh, 21 to 23, the apostle is writing to his spiritual son.
2: I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of his chosen angels to maintain these principles without bias, doing nothing in a spirit of partiality. Do not lay hands upon anyone too hastily and thereby share responsibilities for the sins of others. Keep yourself free from sin. No longer drink water exclusively, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments.
1: Okay, another big question. The Apostle Paul wasn't healed, right? Remember, my Uh, grace is sufficient for you?
2: That's right, so he didn't heal Timothy.
1: He could have if it was appropriate, though.
2: All he needed to do was send a, a handkerchief in the mail. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Look, seriously, because that, that is a scriptural example of healing. Right. So, but he didn't. He simply said, drink a little water or, or drink a little wine for your frequent ailments. So the Apostle Paul was not interested in healing Timothy so that he could do a better job serving Christ and, and preaching the gospel. No. Instead, he was interested in allowing Timothy to take his whole self and follow Christ rather than to make himself whole. Right. That's what, the, and that's what the gospel is for, folks. The gospel is not there so we can physically be made better. It is there so we can spiritually be sacrificial. There's a difference, and if you look at the examples in the scriptures, it's plain and it's straightforward. If you have a thought, now would definitely be the time, 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now.
2: And if you have any questions on our subject, contact us at our website, ChristianQuestions.com. Interact
1: with us on our Facebook and our blog. All right, Jonathan, last soundbite. Um, and, and this, uh, to me, sums up the whole, the whole discussion on looking at these multiple faith healers who are out there perpetuating what we believe to be uh, a misrepresentation of the gospel, a misrepresentation of faith, a misrepresentation of Jesus Christ and his work, and a misrepresentation of the apostles and those that followed them in the New Testament this is William Lobdell who had done a lot of study and, and searching out on faith healers and he's giving a uh, sort of a, a wrap up if you will on one of his experiences.
2: That would be all well and good except for when Benny walks off stage to count his money what's left out of the camera's eye are these people with terminal diseases, hideous maladies and they believed with every bone in their body they were going to be healed and when they're not healed. They don't blame Benny Hinn. They don't blame God. They blame themselves for not having enough faith. Um, I met this kid named Jordy. He's a 20-year-old kid. He came down from Canada, to um, Southern California,
4: and uh, had a shunt in his arm. And I, you know, I said, what, what's wrong with you? He said, well, I'm, uh, my kidneys don't work. But you know, Pastor Benny, Benny says, if we step out in faith, if we have enough faith, um, I'll be cu- we'll be cured. And you know what I've done to show I have faith? Enough faith? I've stopped my dialysis um, for, uh, for a week.
1: And you think about that, and you almost, you, you take a breath. Oh, saying, my god. Okay, so, but he's trying to show his faith, and, and t- to that young man, that would make sense. Well, Pastor Benny said, I should, you have to show great faith. So I'm going to show great faith, I'm going to stop the medical treatment that's keeping me alive. And the story goes on, just so you know what happens. Mr. Lobdell actually followed this kid back to Canada where he came from, mm-hmm. and he did get back on dialysis. Okay. Okay. Uh, but here's the point, Jonathan. The point of that soundbite was there are people that go to these events with terminal diseases and terrible, terrible pain and suffering, believing they can be healed. And when they leave and they're not healed, who do they blame?
2: Themselves.
1: They don't blame God. They don't blame the pastor. They blame themselves. Why? Why?
2: Talk about depression, oh, because they didn't have enough faith, right. is what they were told. Right. So now, this internal struggle, saying, oh, I'm, I'm worthless, I'm useless, I don't
1: have faith, that's not healthy either. No, that piles on to the difficulty. Exactly. Now, folks, listen. If you have gone to such services as we're talking about, seeking healing, and you've come home disappointed and thinking to yourself, it's because I don't have enough faith, it's because I don't have enough faith, listen carefully. This is not about faith. Healing was something that was done in the New Testament for a period of time, passed on from, by, the, by the Holy Spirit. And by the apostles only, right. Rick, could pass on these gifts. Right. Well, they could actually pass on the ability to pass it on, but those people couldn't pass it on. That, that's what, where it ended. And we have in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 the, the, the concept that all of these gifts of the Spirit will cease. So back then, in the time when it was going on, the Apostle Paul himself says, but these things will stop. And the reason they were there was to introduce the the, the magnitude of the message of the gospel.
2: That's right. It was a kickstart for the gospel.
1: It brought attention to it. And it wasn't based on people's faith. Listen, please, 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 listen carefully. If you have gone and you are discouraged because you don't have enough faith, you're going to somebody who's telling you incorrect information. They're telling you that your faith is going to heal you. Most of the time when Jesus healed, it wasn't about faith. It wasn't. Most of the time when the apostles healed, it wasn't about faith. No, it wasn't. Most of the time when there was healing in the New Testament, it was in a public place. There was no big dramatic ceremonies. There was no shaking and and, and prayer and songs and music. It was entirely different. You... It's not about your faith, folks. It's about what God wants for us now as Christians.
2: Careful for deceptions out there. Right.
1: He wants us to rely entirely on him. Jonathan, we're really running out of time here. Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5. This is actually our theme scripture. Surely our griefs he
2: himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our own iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed.
1: And so, again, that is a prophetic look at Jesus and the sacrifice that he made is what heals us. Now, see, that's interesting. That's different. That's bigger than a physical healing for a specific physical malady. Yes, it is. This is the overall magnitude of the healing experience. Oftentimes, leprosy is is mentioned in the scriptures as being healed. Mm -hmm. Leprosy is an apt example of sin. And Jesus, in healing lepers, is showing the mercy of his ransom price to all the world that's contaminated with sin. Pointing towards the future kingdom. Exactly. How the healing will take place
2: for everyone.
1: And let's take a look at Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 4, in relation to that as we begin to wrap up this program.
2: The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to prisoners.
1: So now again you look at that and you say that can't possibly be have been fully fulfilled yet because we didn't see those things all happen, did we? No. But see, this is prophetically talking about Jesus and the and the world-changing work of his life, death and resurrection. That's what this is talking about.
2: To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes the oil of gladness instead of mourning
1: the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting so again we're we're seeing a comprehensive healing by Jesus through Jesus that's what this is about Jesus is Isaiah scripture yes and it's not talking about now it's not talking about the past folks this is talking about the future this is a prophecy that has yet to be fulfilled how do we know that this is good news Rick. it is and that's what gospel means so 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 when when you are discouraged because somebody told you you didn't have enough faith to be healed folks that's not the gospel you didn't hear the gospel wherever you went that was not the gospel of the scriptures the gospel of the scriptures is much bigger than some stupid little disease that each of us might carry in our lives Mm -hmm. it's much bigger than that let's go to verse four on this then they will rebuild the
2: ancient ruins. They will raise up the former devastations, and they will repair the ruined cities and desolations of many generations.
1: And that gives us a picture of the healing of the world. There are so many scriptures, Jonathan, that help us to see uh, what healing truly is. And again, healing by Jesus and the apostles and the followers in the New Testament was there as, like you said, you used a good, a good phrase, it was a jump start. Yes. It was a jump start for the, the, the Christian movement to get started. They were given the ability to miraculously speak in other languages so they could communicate the gospel in languages that they weren't versed in. Right. That was a way to jump start the gospel. But, The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians himself says, Once that which is complete has come, all of these healings are going to cease. Now what would be that which is complete? Perhaps having the gospel written so anybody could read it. Mm, Think about that. So once you have the gospel written, you don't need all of these miraculous things because now you have a historical record of how things were, what they were there for, and what they were leading to. Again physical healing in, in, in Christian faith healing in our world today is not what the gospel of Jesus Christ is all about. The gospel of Christ is about self-sacrificing. Folks, it's not about making yourself whole. It's rather than, it's rather taking your whole self to follow Christ. For Jonathan and Rick it's Christian Questions, we hope you've enjoyed being with us this morning. We've certainly enjoyed being with you. We encourage you to follow us uh, on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you can email us at rick at christianquestions.net Uh, We want to hear from you. We love talking to you about this. Go back to the scriptures and the original examples to find out the truth about faith and healing. Until next week, for Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions, think about it.